Good evening. evening. And a very Merry Christmas to you all. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and this begins our great celebration of our Lord's incarnation and birth, our Savior, God in the flesh, who has come to save us. This evening, I'll direct your attention to the back of your bulletin, where we have the Focused on Christ section, a summary of today's readings. Heaven and earth rejoice on this night because of the glory of the triune God as manifested in the human birth of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In him, the Father's grace, mercy, and peace rest upon the world. The silence of death is broken by this good news of great joy that will be for all people and all we who have gone astray like lost and wandering sheep, who have walked in darkness of doubt and fear and sinful unbelief, behold a great light in the nativity of Christ. In him, the grace of God has appeared. For this child of Mary who was born for us, this dear son of God who is given to us, will bear the burden of our sin and death in his own body on the cross. He thereby establishes a government of peace with justice and with righteousness, which shall have no end, not by any work of man, but the zeal of the Lord of of hosts will do this. Just a brief note on our service this evening. When the offering concludes and it is time for prayer, I'll direct your attention then to the uh, insert, which contains our prayers for this evening, rather than the pre-printed prayers in the service of evening prayer itself. That being said, our service is evening prayer, which begins on 243, rather page 243. We now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Titus, the second chapter. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, Zealous for good works. O Lord, have mercy on us. Please stand. 
The Holy Gospel for the Nativity of our Lord is from St. Luke, the second chapter. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for, to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is from St. Luke's Christmas Gospel, verses 6 and 7. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Well, folks, it had been a hard journey. The way from Nazareth to Bethlehem is roughly 90 miles. Could be more depending on the path you take. Mary, she was in her final days of pregnancy. Now, ladies, imagine being nine months pregnant and doing a combination of walking and riding that distance with your fiancé through the rugged terrain of Israel. By the way, folks, there are no Nikes, no Adidas, no Reeboks or Asics. You're in sandals. You travel about eight hours a day, the both of you, for five to seven days. Now, what about riding that donkey? Well, even with the donkey along for the trip, the animal would have likely had to pull double duty carrying both their provisions for the way, and occasionally Mary, as she likely would have needed a rest. 
After days of traveling through temperatures which would have probably ranged 45 to 55, which is kind of more what we normally be used to around here this time of year, Jerry, Joseph and Mary reached Bethlehem, or possibly even just the outskirts of town, and the time had come. Now, gentlemen, you and I both know that we want the best for our wives, especially when it comes time for them to give birth. But imagine faithful Joseph and his plight. I mean, here he is, trying to do the best that he can. Your betrothed is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, and she bears in her womb God in human flesh. You would not have chosen a livestock stable for your wife to give birth to the promised Messiah. But nonetheless, there is no choice. No room in the inn means Mary gives birth in a location that is as much outside as it is inside. A place where livestock bed down for the night. Think about that, ladies. It's true that you do what you have to and you do your best, but can you even imagine? Mary's firstborn son, the only begotten son of God, laid in a feed trough, wrapped in swaddling cloths, wrapped in bands of fabric. There are no doctors, no nurses, no adjustable beds, no heaters, no indoor plumbing, none of those really great little ice chips. It's Joseph, Mary, and Jesus bedding down for the night against the cold in a place where sheep and goats usually sleep. Talk about humble. This is how our Lord and Savior entered the world. This was the first Christmas. Now, have you ever wondered what was on Joseph and Mary's mind? In the midst of all this tumult and upheaval and urgency, was Joseph remembering the word of the angel who visited him in a dream? Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Well, we know that Joseph believed God's word spoken to him by the angel. His faith is proved in his actions. Joseph loved and cared for Mary and named Jesus according to the words spoken by the angel. Well, what about Mary? We are told that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, the angel Gabriel had told her this was going to happen, just as we sung earlier this evening. She who is the handmaiden of the Lord received God's word by faith, and she bore the word made flesh in her womb. She delivered the Christ, who would later deliver her. Oh, and by the way, folks, yes, Mary did know she was carrying the Savior of the world. St. Luke chapters 1 and 2 make that pretty clear to us. So instead of wondering what Joseph and Mary were thinking on that night, I'll ask you, what are you thinking of on this Christmas? Where's your focus? Because I do sincerely hope that it's not only on presents, food, drink, or when the pastor will be done with his sermon. Based on the fact that you're in church, it's safe to say that you are here, to some degree, focused on Christ, his incarnation, and his birth. And for that, God be praised. But make no mistake about it. Whether you're here out of family duty, yearly ritual, or a longing for the gospel of Christ, or perhaps a mixture of all those things, you are here according to God's will just as Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem that night. In other words, your being here tonight, that's no mistake. Not at all. It's true that you're not Joseph, you're not Mary, nor are you the Christ child, for that matter. But nevertheless, tonight you are huddled together with them in that manger, in that stable, gathered around a feed trough which holds your Savior and Lord, the God through whom all things were created. Now think about it. I mean, it's just kind of mind-boggling. 
the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He left the courts of heaven to take on human flesh and be born as a little child in a backwater small town as had been prophesied hundreds of years prior when the prophet Micah said, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. That little wriggling babe came to save you. This child who sleeps among the sheep sheep and goats is himself the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Therefore, it's fitting that shepherds come and see this Lamb of God and they worship him. You know, that is who you mirror most in the Christmas gospel, those shepherds. You see, like the shepherds, your life probably isn't that glamorous. Like the shepherds, you would just as soon mind your business and carry on with your day-to-day lives. Like the shepherds, you were not expecting God to show up in your town for the express purpose of fulfilling his every word to you and saving you from yourself, that is, from your sin, your death, and the judgment you deserve. And yet Christ came for you, precisely for each and every one of you. He comes to you now in his holy word. The very same Christ child who grew to be the God-man is here. He who was crucified, raised on the third day, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father is present with you now in his word, in holy baptism, in his absolution, and in his holy supper, which we receive from his table. Just as the angels announced Christ's birth 2,000 years ago to those drowsy shepherds in the outskirts of Bethlehem, so also those angels, they bring you good news of great joy. For Christ has come. God has fulfilled his word. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Therefore, like the shepherds, you too have come to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to you. Yes, you are sitting in the pews of Trinity Lutheran Church in Norburn, Missouri. I'm not hallucinating. But when you arrived, dear saints, you also came with haste, and you found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You see, these historic events from two millennia ago have a direct personal impact on you today and also for eternity. God has not forgotten you. He has not forsaken you. He became one of us. He took on our flesh in order to redeem our flesh. He was born as we are so we could be born from heaven by the Holy Spirit. He was fed at his mother's breast. He dirtied his diapers. He grew up in a small town. You see, God knows what it is to live life in this imperfect, sin-cursed world, just like you. His purpose in coming was to save you from sin and the awful curse of death. Christ Jesus came to save you from the devil and from the hands of all who hate you. Those little bitty hands twitching and wriggling in the manger, they would grow into the mighty outstretched hands that calmed storms, cast out demons, and were pierced on the cross for you. Those little bitty feet wrapped in swaddling cloths, well, they would grow into the beautiful feet that would bear the good news to sinners. Walk on water, carry a cross, and crush the head of the serpent Satan. Those same hands and feet would then be wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a tomb so that the sting of death would be removed as he rose from death and walked out into Easter's glorious morning light. As surely as Christ has risen, you too shall rise. 
All of this, dear saints, it began in a humble stable in Bethlehem. All of this God did for each and every one of you. This is why we sing with the angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You see, without Christmas, there is no Good Friday. Without Good Friday, there is no Easter. Amid the cold of winter, when half spent was the night, Jesus came to this world to save lowly sinners, to save you. He is God's gift of love for you. And by his death on the cross, he has indeed saved you. Therefore, whatever you were focused on when you arrived here this evening, I pray you depart in the peace of the Christ child. If up until tonight you've been distracted by gift lists, party invites, deadlines, Christmas letters, or maybe even Santa Claus, remember, Jesus was born of Mary to save you. And he is the true reason why we celebrate. He is our joy. If you are filled with regret and guilt because your sinful thoughts, words, and deeds are haunting you, know this, that Christ Jesus has taken your guilt to the cross, for he was born to save you from your sin, and he has. By God-given faith, you receive the forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation he has won for you. In Christ Jesus, you are forgiven of your sins. You see, Jesus, he knows the pain of this world. He knows the pain of being in a divided family. Jesus knows what it is to be poor. Jesus knows the pain of losing a parent. Jesus knows what it is to be tormented by the devil, forsaken by friends, and hated by those he came to save. Christ knows all of this precisely because he was born as one of us, and he lived alongside us. Your Savior took all of your shame, guilt, regret, all of your anger, laziness, foolishness, arrogance, all your idolatry, apathy, and lust. He took all your sins and burdens to the cross of Calvary. He suffered God's righteous wrath in his flesh, born of Mary, in order to redeem you, both body and soul. And he has. Praise be to God. It is finished. You see, the purpose of his being born in human flesh in Bethlehem was fulfilled on Good Friday and shown forth in the triumphant dawn of Easter. Therefore, dear Christians, this night is unlike any other. For tonight we gather to rejoice in what God has accomplished for you, for me, and for all people. Christ's birth brought peace and revealed God the Father's goodwill toward mankind. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, God in flesh. And he is still with us today. When you hear God's triune name, remember that you are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. When you hear his word, know that it is Christ speaking to you. When you hear the absolution spoken by your pastor, know that Christ has forgiven all your trespasses. You see, when you come to his holy supper, to this very table, know that Christ comes to you himself feeding you his very body and blood to forgive you, comfort you, strengthen your faith, and give you his peace. And if all that wasn't enough, he promises even more. Because you see, he promises to come again and take you to his eternal heavenly paradise. The one true God who guided you into his house this night to hear his Christmas gospel and to rejoice in his grace is the same God who will one day receive you and all believers into the eternal home he has prepared for you and all who have faith in the Christ child. On that appointed day, you will see your Savior face to face in the bright courts of heaven. And you will join the angels in their praise, saying, Glory to God 
in the highest. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. O God, you make this night to shine with the brightness of true light. Grant that as we have known the mysteries of that light on earth, we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For thankfulness that our Heavenly Father would strengthen our faith by the remembrance that Jesus took on a heart and hands to go to the cross, that our hearts may be pure and our minds hands clean before him, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the church and her constant testimony that Jesus is the Savior of the world, for pastors that they would proclaim Christ boldly, and for all God's people that they would make known the praises of the one born in Bethlehem, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For peace in all homes, that our Heavenly Father, who sent an angel to reveal Jesus' identity and Mary's fidelity to Joseph, would richly preserve all families with his word and grace to live in love for one another, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For good government, that God would move all those in authority to govern in service to the Son and Lord of David, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For generosity, that the Father who loves us and sent his Son as the propitiation for our sins would perfect his love in us to show kindness to those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith to receive the sacrament of the altar rightly, that God would open our eyes to see Emmanuel, God with us, both in the manger of Bethlehem and in the bread and wine of Holy Communion. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Helen Tate, Patsy Bagline, and all those mourning the death of loved ones, that God would grant comfort and peace in the birth of his Son, born of Mary, who overcame sin and death by his cross and resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving for the faithful saints before us, who now stand before God's throne, and that he would preserve us in the holiness of Christ, so that we too might dwell in his light and life for eternity, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, you have given your Son, born of Mary, to be the Savior of the world. Send your Spirit and abide with us, that we might confess that Jesus is the Savior of the world and abide in your love until he comes again in glory. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merry Christmas. A blessed celebration of our Lord's incarnation and birth to all of you. We do have services tomorrow at 9 a.m., our Christmas Day divine service with Holy Communion, and also uh, Sunday, when it just falls right in a row this year, uh, services at 9, followed by Sunday school and Bible study. We do invite you to join us as we continue to rejoice in this blessed remembrance of our Lord's incarnation and birth, the salvation we have in the Christ child who came to us in Bethlehem. I'll greet you at the door.